Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There it is. It is January 30th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. twinsies no bottles tonight just cocktails what'd you do oh that's right well it's just uh it's the end of my mictus bourbon bottle so okay okay what about yourself i made the town car tonight oh what's that so it's kind of like a mix between a old-fashioned and a manhattan mm. so it's rye cognac dry curacao sweet vermouth Orange bitters and um, Angostura bitters. So, wow, what cognac you use? Uh, I had a little mini bottle of Hennessy. Ah, VSOP XO. Uh, I don't know, man. It was a mini bottle. It, it was just in the bar, and I was like, "Oh, I've got this. I can make this." So, well, so, good for you. That's cool. You, I'm gonna have to try one of those. I'm use that and some Sazerac for the rye. So, I mean, you just can't go wrong with Sazerac. Mm-mm. That and really I think really Woodford Reserve Rye uh, are my two rides that I love going back to. Yeah, there's a few that um, I get every now and then, but they're few and far between. Redemption, the barrel proof is really good. Oh, yeah. Um, Pikesville is good. Um, uh, I can go on with yeah. other yeah, <laughs> High West has one that's finished in port barrels. It's all good. Oh, that's good. I like yeah. that High West one. Oh, but Elliot Beaven in the trap. It's Greek to me. <laughs> Kevin, your thoughts. <laughs> that was, I, dude, that was, that's the episode title. I made that up. That was my joke. That's my bit. I set that up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Euros in the bins confirmed. Or is it gyros? I just, I call them euros. I'm joking. It's definitely got to be euros, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Tim is not here. Just Dan and I tonight. Uh, probably do a little bit of a shorter show tonight. Thanks for you guys for hanging out and waiting for us here this evening. A um, little bit of news. Season has officially started. And by season, I mean preseason. So nothing really matters. But No, it doesn't. Huh? No, exactly right. It doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. Big news is that Atlanta United has made a signing at forward um, with what I will most likely be butchering, uh, 
uh, take a stab at it. Gia what 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 about but but what is it? Um, it's uh, so the G is in Greek is pronounced as a Y. Geokamakis. So it's it's Yakamakis. Yakamakis. You got it. Yeah. So I love between two ferns. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly the awful. same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, really, I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, excited about this one. I mean, he scored a lot of goals uh, in his time. I mean, he scored like 20. In his time. He hasn't really scored much lately. From what I hear, he's been riding the pine from what I hear, and he's not gotten a whole lot of play time this past season. He's had a couple of goals, but it's been a couple of years since he was putting up 20-plus goals. Uh, No, it hasn't been a couple of years. Because he's been with Celtic for what, two years now, 18 months? Mm-hmm. And he was playing, uh, yes, he's been right in the pine. He's been coming off a substitute, but he's been in that starting day 18 since uh, beginning of January. So, gotcha. and the last time he scored was uh, October against Hearts. So we got one. Sounds there. promising. And he played wait. a full 90. <laughs> <laughs> You're really selling it, Dan. So in 19 games, he scored six goals. So that's a goal about every 110 minutes for the minutes that he's been playing. Now he was like, wasn't he Scottish player, Scottish League Premier, Player of the Year or something like that? Two two years ago, like back in 2020 or 21, when he scored 26 goals in that season. But since then, he's been relatively quiet since he joined the Celtic side, from my understanding. Apart from scoring six goals, so uh, he scored. Nine last season in 16 games. And then when he was playing with VVV Venelo in um, in Greece, he scored 29 goals and got two assists. So right, right. total for Celtic, he scored 26 goals. Which so are- let's, let's ask this question then. What do you think is – what are your expectations for him coming in on the number of goals that you expect a new forward to put up? Um, so I think he could – I, I'm expecting something around like between 15 to 20. Okay. So, I mean, he's a starter. He's, he's strong. Hopefully he can um, get into Pineda's system. Uh, hopefully he can get the service. And of course I'm not basing any of this on the game this weekend because it's just a friendly. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think he could be a really good, good get for these, for, for this team. I have actually a, I have a pretty good feeling about it. I mean, based on the little I've seen, his highlights are really good. He's uh, obviously because they're highlights, but what I like about him is he'll scra- he's scrappy and he can make a goal out of uh, out of not a lot when you're scrapping around in the box. Yeah. So he's someone who's also providing link up play uh, to those wing winger positions. So I'm 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 pretty happy with this one. Look, Tim. Tim's in the trap making points that are irrelevant, in my opinion. I get the essence of it. Of remind me of what Joseph's scoring record prior to Atlanta United, and and in turn, what I'm assuming he is saying is that prior to Atlanta United, Joseph Martinez didn't have some illustrious career prior to joining the club, and then obviously we know him and what he was what he was capable of doing um, in those earlier seasons. However, that was a Joseph Martinez seven years ago at 22 years old versus at 29 years old, which he is now, which is very similar to um, 
the situation that we're getting uh, here with G. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> to Bruno Kubus's point, just G. I'm not going to be the embarrassing white American guy trying to pronounce that. So um, I'll wait until Miles of the South tells me how to properly pronounce Vijalba and then I'll, I'll adopt it accordingly. Um, <laughs> just say, just say Yakamakis five times. I feel like a cat that's got a hairball if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Add the Greek G, yeah. double G. Georgios, yeah, I, I mean, the Greek, to, to both yours and Tim's point, I suppose, you know, my perspective on it is if he comes in and scores 12 goals, he's doing better than our last DP and for a quarter of the price of what we're, we were paying him. So from that standpoint, you know, I think the deal was what, 4 million or something like that. 4 uh, million like euro. 3.5. But then eight hundred, but eight hundred in bonus or whatever. Right? Yeah. So let's just say it's four, and so you know, uh, so that wasn't in dollars. That was in what currency? Was that euros? I believe that was in dollars. I thought it was in euros for some reason. Anyway, so even still, let's say it's dollars. It's four million versus Joseph Con- Joseph's contract, which was upwards of. Oh no! It's in pounds. So. It's Even about, about the same. That strong dollar, baby. That strong <laughs> U.S. dollar. We're, we're making it back. Right now is really when the business savvy kicks into play for, mm-hmm. for these managers yep. is that you're you're making money. If you can sell them in a couple of years in a recession, you get it while the dollar's strong, sell it while it's high. Sterling's in the toilet. That's it. That's it. Yep. So um, I'd be remiss if I did not shout out everybody in the trap. Typically, Tim is on point with this uh, several, which probably have come and gone since we did start a little bit later, but Elliot Beaven, uh, Carl Seggy, I uh, saw our boy Christian Mills in here, Nathan explosion, uh, Jay Hannibal, Bruno Kubas, Anthony Neitzel. Um, let's see who else do we have? Oh, no, Brittany S. No, Brittany S. Is she watching okay? the bachelor, man? She's watching the bachelor bet on it. <laughs> um so so yeah i mean i'm not over i I know i came in maybe a little bit more negative than than most would be look we needed a striker we had nobody there a signing's a signing in my opinion i'd rather it be a low expectation based on the amount of investment that we could potentially replace it with another dp and buy him down with tam later on in you know later this season or even next year but for what the price point is and what he's clearly capable of doing in a relatively recent tenure with 29 goals just two years ago, maybe it's just a club fit, you know? And, and I think that that's certainly something that is exciting and um, certainly a good prospect for Atlanta going forward. Yeah. And to, and to be fair to him, I mean, he's stuck, been stuck behind a uh, Japanese striker for um, who's been absolutely killing it. And also, you know, Celtic doesn't have to worry about a, a salary cap or anything, so mm. they can afford to let him ride the pine. Um, right. So it's a great value pickup for us. Um, I was So I guess originally, Lagaway's been talking about just trying to find players on loan, but I guess Celtic wasn't going for that. They just wanted a sale. But it's like it's not like we're breaking the bank for him, like you, to your point earlier. Right. We're not throwing out 
you know, ridiculous amounts of money for him. Um, so in turn, we can pay him down in the future, give us a little bit more flexibility. Maybe next year, get Barco off the books, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of something we're digging out of and we're we're looking for these more of a value buys that can spread the money around um, a lot more. So the other thing I saw was that I guess in – I forget who it was. I think it was our – buddies over at DSS uh, talking about the fact that currently um, team is on the brink of two incoming transfers. Obviously the one that we just got word of a couple hours ago, but then the other, which they are targeting uh, being a center back to everyone's point whenever we recorded last week um, and who that may be. It looks like they have targeted Louis, Louis or Luis Abram from Peru. Um, you and Tim are far more uh, developed in your knowledge of incoming players and and what their tenure have been in out in, in other clubs. But it it is promising to me that it seems like Atlanta is at least trying to target the two positions that anybody, including us morons, can <laughs> identify as the lack of depth. A with a striker, which there was no one really to play that position, and B in a center back where luckily you've got Miles Robinson returning. He did get some play time this past weekend, but you do have a little bit of a lack of depth there with the absence of George Campbell and others that have been relieved in the offseason this year. Yeah. Um I don't know too much about Abram. I mean, he was on loan with Cruz Azul, managed down to nail down a starting job. His ratings weren't that great. Um, nice thing is he can play left back as well, so it's good to have some more flexibility. Yeah. Uh, man, Cruz Azul let – I mean, I'm not saying this is all just one guy's fault, but they let a fair amount of goals in uh, during his time while he was starting. Um so take with the that take that with what you will. Um, but it's good. I mean, we've needed some center back depth. Hopefully he can uh really find his footing here. Uh from my understanding, it's not alone, so that's good. He's I think he's coming over for three hundred K. Um, so I see that as uh either a backup or someone to provide some competition for Parada. Um which is always good. And then that gives us, I feel like we can always bring in more center backs. It seems like we already yeah. seem to be thin on that. Um, I have a feeling that's going to be it for center backs right now, but I, um, I feel like the next thing we need to bring is, is a midfielder. Um, and then also a backup striker. Yeah. Uh, backup I striker. Think- I think it's the big one for me that I just, I don't know that Jackson Conway is the guy, you know, as it seems like that's, or even Machop Chol. I, I don't know that either of them are really the next man up in my opinion. And I know Chol had some play time. It sounds like this past weekend against Chattanooga and obviously seems like he had a good showing in that matchup, but mm-hmm. as promising as he seems, and I made the joke last week, you know, I, I hear, your words echoed through my mouth, which is, I just, I haven't seen enough yet out of him to tell me like he's ready for that, you know? Yeah. I, and I agree. And like we'd want, I want to see him keep him playing during the preseason if he can get that, but he's definitely not a, a starter um, yeah. at this level. Um, 
I think that there's a lot, some potential there, but we haven't seen a lot. And in, in, in the past games that we've seen him come in, it's been negligible impact. Yeah. So, so you, you talk about seeing him as a starter. What are your thoughts? And I don't know. Did you happen to catch the game this past weekend? Yeah, I caught most of it. I so, got the... so what are your thoughts talking about starters on the fact that Pineda puts out, for all intents and purposes, a relatively starting 11 in the game and then goes on to conceding three goals in the first half, um, keeping it scoreless in the second on both sides of the ball. But, you know, what do you take away from that? As much as we talk about, yes, it's preseason. Obviously, we've got Miles and Guzan back. Good to see them actually getting some play time. But personally, it's hard not to have a little bit of sense of alarm the fact that you're letting in three goals in your first showing and trying to maybe make some sort of a statement in that first half with the lineup that was put out there do you make anything out of that or no no i mean we're we're missing positions i mean nobody knew how, who has been bored in this offseason was playing uh and um, I mean, Etienne wasn't there. Mosquera wasn't there. Almada wasn't there. Robinson's coming back from an injury. Guzan's coming back from a uh, from severe injuries. Yeah. Um, and Ibarra wasn't playing much towards the end of the season. So, I mean, we had Jackson Conway up top. He's got a lot to get through. And um, I honestly don't. And I'm not saying that we're going to have an amazing season, but it's just it's the first preseason game. They haven't played together as a team for months, um, so I, I honestly just don't put any any stock in it. Yeah, and, and Carl Segi mentions let's talk about Saturday in Almada. He was named on the bench, didn't make it on the pitch, didn't even make it out of the changing room. Slightly strange. I did see a report that Pineda had mentioned that he had taken a knock and it wasn't anything serious. Yeah. I think it was just exactly that mentality of like, what's what's the good in putting him out there when really the ultimate point of these games is to get some of these players that maybe don't get a lot of play time and to try to figure out who those depth pieces are going to be in the lineup. So I don't read too much of uh, out of that. I think potato isn't going to, if he's not a hundred percent, he's not going to put him out there at 1%, you know, like not what he's not going to put him out there for 1% of the time. If he's not at a hundred percent of physical capabilities, in my opinion, because you don't risk further injury in a preseason game for your one player that you're, essentially building the offense around this season you know yeah exactly i mean you you barely saw julio jones and matt ryan during the preseason games for the falcons i mean it's kind i mean it's not the injury scare isn't as bad as it is in the nfl but you know there's there's a lot of um you just want to be careful with him yeah you know yeah i just it's it it's preseason. Yes, it was a garbage showing, but it was preseason. I mean, guys aren't even – they're not even fit yet. So. Yeah, but at the same time, like – so So you made the point, and, and Nathan Explosion kind of mentions it. The reason why I brought it up, and, and to me, I am a little worried. Nathan Explosion, it was a third-division team. Should be at least a little worried. And I think that that's the thing. It's not – look, 
this showing and this performance automatically qualifies Atlanta United to be out of the playoffs and out of any sort of contention for anything. But brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It, it to say that there aren't any concerns whatsoever with that performance and to your to your own point about you know yes miles and guzan are coming back from big injuries but when you're taking inventory right now with for all intents and purposes that back line i, I can take all of the stuff about offense off the table right mm-hmm. like amada's not in you got jackson conway up top you don't know who your striker may be now you got g coming in I get all of that. You still yeah. score three goals. My con- my complaints are not on the offensive side of the ball. You know, my complaints are on the defensive side of the ball. And for all intents and purposes, your starting lineup on defense is what you saw out there. And I, I, I grant you that these guys are coming off of big injuries, but do you really think they're going to be ready in a month based on that performance? That's what worries me is I don't know when that time frame is for these guys. And I know it's a small sample size and it's way too early to panic and throw the baby out with the bathwater. But again, to Nathan's point, to be a little worried, I'm certainly a little worried because I don't know, you know, maybe they come out the next three games in preseason, they light it up and they shut it out and there's no issues back there. But very simple mistakes that aren't just a matter of health, you know, or, or attrition. That's what worries me is that, you know, you don't want to see those kind of things because then eventually you're going to need those players to perform at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be just the boneheaded mistakes. It's going to be the boneheaded mistakes compounded by a lack of ability to perform under pressure, you know? Yeah. So I think that, you know, continuing from last season, the defense wasn't that great either. So I don't think we're going to solve anything when we've just had training. We haven't had, I mean, they reported to camp to training. I want to say like two weeks ago or something like that. Uh, So there's going to be a whole bunch of rust, but I feel like all those mistakes need to be shown in the preseason. I mean, that's, it's not, we, we want those out. We need, we need this practice time together. You need, you know, and the conditions of a match are pretty hard to, um, with, you know, with fan support and everything, they're pretty hard to simulate in training. So that's why you have these preseason games. But the other thing is, I mean, Pineda was not trying to win that game. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's testing things out. He's trying things out. He's seeing how the guys fit together. Um, so if your coach isn't actively going out there, you know, he's, to win a preseason game, that's okay. So yeah. that I kind of, it, it's a whole sort of different parameters. It's like, oh, absolutely. it's apples and oranges to me. So, so let me ask you this in a different way. Let's say the next two, cause we've got what two matches We're they're down in Mexico city now. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've got one more after that, or is it just how many? Um. So we've got three. Atlante and then Cruz Azul and then Toluca 
and then St. Louis, and then so we've got four still. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's say out of these four matches, three of which on you know down in Mexico City. Granted, the team went down there well in advance of playing. You know, you've got plenty of time. Let's mm-hmm. say you you come home. We play the St. Louis game through those four matches. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, results and performance stays constant over the next four games. So you've got a five-game sample size on defense. Do you still feel comfortable putting Miles Robinson and Brad Guzan out there to start the season, preseason or not? Because that's what you're ultimately going out there to your point, you know, is Pineda really trotting those guys out there to win the game and be, you know, dominate 10 two on, on the final scorecard? No, but if they're consistently conceding two, three goals over five matches in preseason, and these guys aren't up to hundred percent, do you really feel comfortable putting them in starting going into the first game? Well, I guess it's going to depend on what we see against St. Louis because I feel like Atlante, Cruz Azul, and Toluca are all much higher competition than Chattanooga. Um, And also, the Mexican teams, they're going to be more match fit than we will be. True. So, I mean, if we're letting in a few goals, I kind of get it that that's that's going to happen. Um, I guess it's going to be depend on who the personnel is on the field. I guess, I mean, it's going to depend on what the squad is. I mean, yeah. Lagaway's talked about he potentially going to have two more guys go out. Yeah, potentially I saw that too. So, okay, so that's another, in, fun, so that's another fun topic. So who do you think the two, let, let's say it's two. Let's say two guys are gone. Who do you think they are? It's got to be Eric Lopez. It's got to be one of them. And then I would guess either Hasetu or Ibarra. Have they were have they formally released Ozzy yet? No. Ozzy wasn't he, playing either. I know. I would think he would probably be one. Really? There's a lot of the fan base are really counting on Ozzy Alonso. I am too. I am too, man. I mean, small sample size. We got to see him last year, but the man's not getting any younger. Um, you no. know, I, I don't know. If he's not showing that he's match fit and you can potentially bring another younger guy in here on a on a same amount of money that you may be able to get more wear and tear out of at this point in the season. That's that would be one of my two. Um, so I would hope that. So he's he. I mean, he is thirty seven. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> but, my point. But that yeah. So when you say younger, I want to say like high twenties, maybe very yeah. early thirties. Yeah. Because yeah. that that's someone I feel like we really do. Yes. We want a veteran in there, but not a elder, if that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't need a sage in his position at this point. I need an elder. (laughs) I need a veteran. Um, Need a cop. Yeah, exactly. So I I would put him as one of my two. And then, yeah, I think Eric Lopez is an easy one for to to pick out for the second. Um, Thing is with, so I think Ozzy's not making that much. But of no, course, he's not. He's said not. to Lopez and I think Ibarra making a fair whack. So that that's why I'd identify those to to leave. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, you guys in the trap. Who do you think if you if you had to put your money on it today? Who are the two? If 
if Atlanta United is going to see two absences in the remainder of the transfer window, who would you put a wager on to be the two that you see exiting uh, the first team or just the team? In ge- I guess the roster in general going forward. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brittany S. I'm just oh, Brittany S. Did hop on here. Uh, just oh, waiting. Is. For that new CB rumor to come true, Patrick Keenum hopped in here as well. I remember making fun of Orlando hoisting grandma's dessert platter. And now we are doing the same. Completely agree. In case you missed it, uh, Atlanta United repeat, I believe, uh, EMLS champions. And that social media team wasted no time in uh, making sure to post and celebrate that win which is a little depressing considering the past three years performances of the first team. Yeah. Yeah. At least the digital ones are doing better. At least the digital ones can play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, well, the thing is in, in FIFA, Moreno is actually incredibly fast. <laughs> so you actually Moreno keep has, him Moreno's on the team. Turbo actually works in the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel bad, but it's true. <laughs> um, um Anthony Knightsall, we haven't heard from him for a while, I yeah. believe. Uh people will be saying it's too early to worry in the first third of the season, regardless of the match. I mean Part of it's true. You got to get back into the season and run at full sprint for ninety minutes. Uh, Carl Segi, we better not lose the Amfam Cup. Uh, is that a cup or is it just a spike nailed into a piece of concrete? Um, <laughs> it's the worst trophy I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Josh P, uh, is that a new name? I don't think I've seen Josh P. I have P in not the seen before. a Josh P before. I think that is a new one. I think they'll improve in Mexico. They better. Um, Patrick Keenum, I thought Gutman's movements movement was good, although at one point he had roamed to the right wing. That's right. There was a point in time where him and Lennon switched. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And then I think it was the Chol goal or Araruju's second, and then they switched back after one of the goals. Uh, but yeah. Gutman did. He did have some good overlapping runs. He had some good interplay with Chol. Um, didn't really come to much, but there was potential there. Um, sorry, Mills, Wiley or Gutman starts at LB. I think it's no question for me, man. It's got to be Gutman. I mean, got to be the Goots. Uh, I, I don't know how you start anybody over him. I think that he was personally my MVP for last season, um, all around, even with his absence. He consistently made a difference in the game. Uh, and what on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. So um, yeah. I, I don't think Wiley beats him out at that position. No, I, I don't either, especially at the beginning of the season. And also it's going to be good because Wiley can play the left back or the left wing. You know, if you're starting Mascara, I mean, he's got a lot of speed. And especially at the beginning of the season when guys aren't going to be 100% fit yet, you've got a really good sub there that you could bring in Wiley for Mascara at that point in time and keep his development. Cause we, I, I really think we've got something special in Wiley that we need to keep. Completely agree. Garnering, um, and that was my thing. That's my thing, and it's, you know, it's kind of like the when you see it, you see, you know it, or something like that. You know, like seeing Wiley on the ball versus Machapchol, like that was that's been my thing. It's like the eye test, I guess, to kind of take it to college football playoffs. Like Machop, I'm, I'm not saying 
he's a bad player or he doesn't have a position or a role on this team and potentially getting the development he needs to get into that role. But the eye test as far as where he is now versus the Wiley's or, you know, the, the other players that have come and gone through this lineup under that sort of homegrown banner. I just don't, I don't know that I see him developing at that same rate or same pace. You know, you, you compare him to, like I said, Wiley or Bello, both at the same position for whatever it's worth, I guess. But, um, and I know that he plays a different position, but just don't see him playing at that caliber yet. Right. Right. Um, yeah, good point, Mill Zombie. The XG people will excommunicate you for talking about the eye test. Uh, Carl Segi, Lopez and Abraham. A lot of people excommunicate me for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and, for, a, for a lot less than that. Too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, ex- excommunicate, XG, pun intended. I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, he should. Mills, you need to spell that better. Uh, so, Carl Segi, Lopez and Abraham for me, but knowing this team, it'll be one of those two and Brooks Lennon. <laughs> I don't think Brooks Lennon should be going, uh, but good point, Carl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Anthony Knightson again, hoping Eric Lopez, Rosetto, Ibarra, um, any of those three. So it's going to be a interesting close of the window. So yeah. window closes tomorrow, but. MLS, I think window closes in the rest of the world tomorrow, but MLS has uh, more transfer windows opening. But then it's, then of course, it's difficult to bring people in because then the other team doesn't have a potential to replace that player. Right. So our options get a little bit narrowed, but um, we haven't heard any other rumors. And there's a lot of, Reporters who like to push out rumors with Atlanta United in because we've got pretty big following. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else? We talked about the preseason opener. Um, talked about the big transfer news. Anything else for tonight? I know we we're gonna do our big preview show one of these weeks with whenever Tim gets back for what we anticipate for the season, and maybe we save that for the week right before the season starts, but um, for tonight, anything else on your mind or that we need to run through? No, I, I think um, I was just really impressed with the, with the coverage uh, for Chattanooga. Um, they, their, their stadium is, well, the stadium they played in, I don't know if it's their actual home stadium, but there was a huge crowd there. I didn't realize um, how many people excellent to see that type of support and, um, Excellent to see the support for Chattanooga. I mean, they're they're a real good team, of course. Uh, Damian Rodriguez, their number seven, who basically ran around. I think it was Gutman, Ibarra, and Parada, and set up their uh, Chattanooga's third goal. It was kind right. of embarrassing, um, and a, kind of a lot of where the fan base are coming from in terms of Atlanta's deficiencies. Yeah, uh, but it's I mean, in, interesting club. They're they're a club to keep an eye on. Um, but I think, um, oh, another one was Alan Carlton. Great technical ability uh, on his feet. Uh, not as strong, but kind of scrappy. I like to see that. Seems to be a much better fit than his brother. Um, so interested to see where his uh, development leads in MLS. I hope 
MLS Next Pro will be good competition. I know it's not going to be good as good as the USL Championship, but hopefully it helps players develop and doesn't hinder their development. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always had a blast in Chattanooga. It's a great city. It's no surprise to me that they had a great turnout. Um, and it seems like the people that traveled traveled well. So, mm-hmm. um, bummed I couldn't make it, but I'm glad to see that the turnout was great. And obviously, like you said, the the production of what they were able to actually put out there for those tuning in was great too. So, yeah, the rewatch was good too. Actually, the uh, the sketchy app that they had actually worked really well. Awesome. Um, yeah, I couldn't see the game live because me and my son were watching Avatar 2 in 4DX. Which okay, was... so we need to talk about Avatar 2. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, again, the same thing I've thought with the first one. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I had to keep uh, reminding myself, like, this is CGI. It's not, it's not this real. This is not real. <laughs> it's CGI. Um, yeah. I thought it was really cool, uh, the differences in physique between the two. Oh, I love, that was actions. my favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite part of that whole thing. That was awesome. Yeah, you are a product of your environment. Um, uh, I love that. It, I feel like they really did a good job of the of the two distinct cultures. I, that was just kept on replaying in my mind the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so very cool. I mean, there are some stupid parts, but I mean, the whole concept of denouncing your leadership and running away i thought that was just so stupid but i loved the like the new faction that they turned with um i mean all the graphics are cool this 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 set design is just freaking amazing it's beautiful it's beautiful i mean this even the acting's bit like in terms of like i would compare it to specific rim specific rim is amazing cgi wise but the acting's absolutely dog shit. Right. Uh, but in this one, I mean, they are working with what they've got, and it's. I thought it was a much better performances yeah. from those. Yeah. Um, Patrick Keenum, Blue Smurfs in Space, uh, jokes on you, they're actually more of a green now. So. Yeah, I. so my thought is the story, take it or leave it, there was nothing to write home about. If anything, mm-hmm. I feel like, I'm emotionally inept to have kids, which is something that we're obviously as we've gotten into marriage and stuff is a a topic of discussion and going into that movie together as newlyweds. It's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for the emotional toll of having kids and all all that the world brings to them. But um, yeah, like I said, the story, nothing really to write home about, but to your point, I mean, just the, the sheer scenery or the display, um, and what it brings visually was really great to see. And there were certainly moments that, um, you know, despite the story or whatever, that there were, there were these really great moments throughout that from a, a storytelling standpoint were really great um, sort of subcategories. The thing that I was, I really enjoyed was that it also is a three hour, 10 minute movie or whatever it is. And I never felt like it was a grind to get through like the pacing and everything was well mm-hmm. enough that I was like, oh, okay, I was, I was entertained for that three hours and to, you know, it was a welcomed return to a movie theater too, where it's like, I think we've gone and seen the new Spider-Man and that's really been about it in a movie theater in a while. So it's not been like, there's not been a good popcorn movie out there to go right. watch and see, I guess we saw Nope 
but even still that wasn't a huge spectacle in the way that avatar was so it was it was great to actually go see it in a theater and enjoy it from that perspective so yeah it was have you did you watch it in 4dx no so uh stacy said that if she had to sit through a 3d movie for three hours she would be puking at least three times along the way so she's like there's no way we're gonna make it through this thing without motion sickness the 3d aspect was easy i thought i I thought i was gonna hate the 3d aspect but it, it wasn't a problem at all my problem is is the chairs move and there's oh, like yeah. air blasts when people fire bullets and when people get hit by arrows, there's like a, you can hear a prod in the back from the chair. Oh, and there's I like, like there's like, and water gets sprayed up. And oh, the thing man. is the whole three hours, the chair is in some sort of movement, <laughs> whether it's like going like this, cause you're on the boat or whatever, or it's like, you know, I hated it. I hated it. I, I would never do it again. I just, and because I took my son, of course, he freaking loved it. Oh, I'm sure. But I'm like sitting there thinking, I just want to fucking watch a movie and calm down and relax. <laughs> I mean, I tried to text my wife at one point during the movie, and I'm like, I can't, I can't fucking text you because I can't, <laughs> just I, I can't do it. Like, I can't even press the right buttons. It was so annoying. <laughs> This is what TikTok has made our movies into. <laughs> you can't just watch a movie anymore. You've got to be fucking moving around all the time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, I will go see another 4DX movie only if my son wants to go. But fucking hell, oh, I will man. not That's be so funny. doing that. Where, where's, where's the 4DX theater even at? Atlantic Station. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you go, you park in the... When you go into the parking lot, go all the way to the top right corner, and then you come up the stair, and its sugar is right there. So, of course, you buy like $100 worth of candy and then go into the movie theater. And still end up making out cheaper than going to the movie theater and buying it. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, I think that'll do it for us for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. However you found us. Uh, Thanks for circling up with us a little bit late. If you want to tune in with us, uh, best way to do so is to subscribe on YouTube, hit that thumbs up and bell icon to get a notification. Whenever we go live, even if we're running a little bit late, you'll get that notification. So you can hang out with us in the trap. Um, Thank you guys so much for doing it each and every week. Um, It's fun to be back. I'm glad we're back on a regular schedule. Um, should see Tim back next week as well. I know that you can find all of us on Twitter at home before dark. That's before spelled B in the number four, Dan, where would you like people to find you independently? You can find me at DNJMS. You can find me as well at the underscore ARC number one T E C T wherever your Instagram or Peloton may lead you. Be sure to keep an eye out. If you see Dan, just look a little in front of him. You'll see me on the leaderboard. Yeah, he's rubbished me the whole time about Peloton, but now he's in it. He's part of the fucking cult. That's what he is. The gamification, the gamification of fitness is the last thing I needed in my life, but so it's also have, the best thing. Have you done a lane break ride? No, I don't even know what that oh, is. Oh, well, whatever. Oh, go to more rides. So yeah. tomorrow, go to yeah. more rides, and they'll have like scenic or workout, whatever. Then they'll have lane break. Just try lane break. What is that? What is it? I'm not even going to tell you about it. Just do it. And you'll thank me later. Are you going to do one with me this week? Yeah. Can we get on the schedule? 
to do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it Friday. Let's end the week with it. Friday in the week. Okay. All right. Sounds so good. So we'll do a Friday lane break. All what right. What time do you normally get in? Five thirty. Uh, yeah, I probably end up getting on the bike about five ten, something like that. Five ten? That's gonna be tough for me. Well, what time? What time would work for you? I can get into the office by five thirty. Five ten is gonna be. I have to be up. Oh, at, okay. Well, maybe we could do like a twenty minute at five thirty or something like that. Okay, that's fine. All right, we'll text and figure it out. That'd be fun. And you can find Dan at to the power of Dan on Peloton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. As always, be humble, Bordeaux. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.